0: All right. So today we have my friend Mufi from Amcare Pro Home Health joining us on the MedVets today.
1: I'm glad you got that correct.
0: Yep. It should be an exciting podcast. So Mufi's going to join us to talk about home health and exactly what that means and good things and bad things to know about it and how he sees it moving forward in the future.
1: We're going to talk about different things in home health care. You know, why people utilize it, the benefits of medical home health versus non-medical home health. And it is something that can be provided directly. So, yeah, it's a really good, positive conversation with uh, with Mufi and him just really illustrating and sharing his insights into home health care and the many benefits that it offers to patients, doctors, and the community.
0: And of course, Keith is going to be long-winded with all his explanations, so... Make sure you sit tight and tune in and join us for a good one. If you have not subscribed, make sure you go ahead and click that subscribe button to hear more episodes from the MedVets. Thank you.
1: And you really do want to listen. You hear something unique about Marcus.
2: Mufi I'm with Amcare Pro Home Health. I'm the administrator and CEO. We're based in Richardson, Texas. Uh, we also have an office in Tyler. We service all of the North and East Texas territory. Been in business since 2014.
1: Okay. I want to know more about home health care. What specialties do you guys serve?
2: Home health care from a layman's term is is a very broad term. Essentially, if you break it down to, uh, in a layman's word, is is, is getting health care at home. Okay. And that encompasses a lot of things. As per CMS's definition, the mm-hmm. Center of Medicare Services, home health care includes services that are provided on an intermittent basis, which could include nursing, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. We can provide social workers, home health aides. There's also a non-medical side of home health where patients who need long-term care, ongoing care for chronic conditions that may not need clinical or skilled care. They may need somebody, non-medical services, which is like an aid to help them with their daily activities, companionship, bathing. That also falls under the umbrella of home health care. And and now recently we are seeing a lot more happen within that space because now you are getting all these services at home, urgent care at home, house calls at home, telehealth. I think a lot of these things are now expanding the definition of home health.
1: The elder population, assisted living, we all do things like as far as running errands or getting their medication for them from the pharmacy. I think they're the term for that.
2: Some call it sitter services, some call it companionship, some call it non-medical care, some call it custodial care, some call it private duty. And it covers everything that you mentioned.
0: What's the difference between a caregiver and a caretaker?
2: Your family member could be your caregiver because they're giving, they're caring for you. If a nurse is coming and seeing you and
0: providing care, it, it would also be called a caregiver. What got you interested into starting your home health business, and kind of just getting to where you are today? I didn't have any home health background at all. I was actually working in a different Industry
2: and field altogether, but I was always looking for an opportunity to to branch out and do something on my own. At that point in time, I came across somebody who were launching a franchise, so I explored that option and acquired that franchise for the Dallas territory and started there. So no background, just wanted to be an entrepreneur. Kind of the bug bit me and say, okay, if it doesn't work out. I'll go back to what I was doing.
0: I know Keith, you thought about like home health before. Is that correct?
1: Actually, I did. The doctors I work with, I work with a number of orthopedic spine surgeons. You always use that that term one stop shop. It wasn't my forte and I would not be hands-on it every single day. Because of that, you know, it was of interest because I hear everybody doing it. I heard about the different opportunities, and I thought it would be a no brainer because I already I would already have surgeons that will send me their patients as needed. As I learned, there's that unknown. I've heard people get in trouble for not knowing different things. And I can always say, hey, if I don't know something, I don't know it. It's not my area to to pursue. And so it was of interest many moons ago, but now I'm like it was too much work. So my hat's off to you because I know something that's 24-7, seven days of the week. And you have to really be involved. You have to have good nurses to really take care of those, of those patients. So my, ha- my hat is off to you for being able to be in business for so long.
2: Well, hats off to you also. You made the right decision. You kept your head, <laughs> and I lost mine. So, so it was a good decision you made. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be in my spot and I'd be in your spot. The hats off just to you, not to me.
1: <laughs> well, even outside of what I do, what, what you do, healthcare is just so diverse. I want to know with what we have going on right now, how are you transitioning with the pandemic, COVID-19, and how have you made that transition?
2: It all obviously hit everybody. For the initial few weeks, we were just trying to grapple with it and trying to figure out what to do. Although in our business, we do have like a emergency preparedness plan and things like that, which prepares us for certain emergencies, which include hurricanes and flooding. So initially, I think we were just trying to understand what we can and what we cannot do. We were worried about our patient safety our staff safety our own safety and our kids at home and our families right so we, we we don't know where to start who do we take care of first obviously with us as a provider patients are number 1 but then when your family and your loved ones are in the same boat it's 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 a tightrope you're walking on where where do you where do you start in the first few weeks we we came to terms with it the pandemic started taking its course and we saw more cases go up and all that happening one of the first things that we saw was patients refusing services and then we saw in our area electives were cancelled so that hit us pretty pretty badly mm-hmm. and then patients that we already had on service refused to see nurses or therapists as well so so our business took a pretty pretty heavy nosedive in the first uh, several weeks even now we don't have access to a lot of facilities that we had
0: before or uh, we were calling on just because they're locked down; they don't want anybody to come in.
1: How did you get introduced to him?
0: I met I met Mufi in this Goldman Sachs 10K program. Initially, Mufi stood up, he, you know, he was in home health, and then we realized he had some healthcare relations, so we had to partner up. And we saw an opportunity, so we connected instantly. Since then, we we've stayed in connection and went to discover opportunities together. I remember going to those meetings <laughs> and just showing up and really just trying to figure out how we can really capitalize on a synergy what opportunity do you see the industry if not for your own personal business the industry of home health transitioning to like what what opportunity could possibly become beneficial because of what happened with covid
2: home health is going to be you know more and more in demand although i know right now is kind of a challenging time frame because of patients don't want us have new people come into mm-hmm. the home and but i think in the long run you are going to see a lot of this service continue to grow, obviously because we already know that the aging population is there, but also there's a lot of younger people getting care at home now, right? Mm -hmm. You have urgent care at home right now. You can get a nurse practitioner at home within 45 minutes, obviously house calls with just seniors. And then even, I know similar to something what you do at MedWell, but there are other now technologies that Mm -hmm. some folks have developed. I talked to somebody just last week or the week before last in California, they are developing some technologies to help with physical therapy, getting outcomes at home. So you know they're inventing a device that keeps track of the exercises being done and the angle or mm-hmm. the degree to which somebody can lift their leg and whatnot, and sending that real-time data back to the doctor. If it not already is, I think it will become the number one job producing industry in the country.
0: I can see and I agree with that, because people don't want to leave their homes now. They're, they're an app for everything. I should elaborate on more so what the Goldman Sachs program was, right? So we were set to find new opportunities within the business. The goal of the program was to help us make those transitions, more smooth transition into a new direction, a new opportunity that we see our business can develop it. And if we didn't see it, hopefully by taking the program, working with other CEOs they can see and help us grow an opportunity. The program was more of a networking opportunity and a way to grow and develop our businesses. This is an opportunity that I think that we had to pivot to for COVID as well. It was something that was a thought in Goldman, right? But then once once we're home and these doctors are home too, and I'm like, man, elective surgeries are canceled. What are we gonna do? Like, What's a way that we can still engage our doctors and let them know? So it's like, hey, well, you need to start reaching new audiences. You have to get your voice out there. You have to get more on social media. You need content created, right? So everyone does patient pop. That's SEOs. But who's really creating the content for you? And and now, more than ever, everyone's home. They're looking on social media, and they want to see these physicians. So it's a way for you to really connect with patients and reach newer patients. But you just got to engage. Literally, what social media is doing now, what podcasts are doing now, YouTube's and all of them, they are setting the stage for you to perform, but it's how do you utilize these vehicles, right? Because the stage is there. You just have to produce the content to reach the audiences because everyone wants to listen. They're going to listen, but you just have to catch them that quick or, or have a really good marketing team.
1: Home healthcare, is that a direct service? Like as a patient, can I contact you directly? Or that's something you have to be referred by a specialist or a physician?
2: you can contact us on the skilled side or we call the medical side if the patient contacts us we still need a doctor's prescription mm-hmm. so yes it is driven from a prescription basis but you can contact us and then we'll we'll get involved and get the prescription if sure we is. need we need to let's say you just need somebody to be with your mom cuz she has dementia or she's having a hard time getting out of bed need some just assistance those type of services don't need a prescription because those are considered,
0: I guess, non-medical. They don't need prescriptions. I'm going to tell a, a personal story. Before I joined the military, I had a, a cyst that I had to get removed. So while well, I had the cyst removed... Where were the cysts? <laughs> <laughs> the cyst... <laughs> <laughs> my right buttock that had to be removed, and it was the most embarrassing thing ever. So my mother couldn't pack the gauze and remove it all. So or she it, didn't want to. Yeah, or she didn't want to. In order for me to get into the military, I had to recover 100%. And this is literally, got my, my time of getting in got delayed. So once a week or twice a week, a nurse would come, and then she would pack my gauze and remove the blood and you know just make sure I'm healing right. So sometimes it is good to have that professional care there to make sure things are getting done in the right way because I, I would probably still have that, wound in my backside thank you for that keith but yes hey i'm here
1: for you hey we're gonna tell a story gotta tell a whole story there are some things that family members don't know i'm good in my field when i go home i don't cook or anything else like that i know i do the microwave and i'm good to go but i know not to burn down the house it's the same thing with care at home is sometimes patients need that additional assistance. Nurses are really good at, at what they do. They have they have the patience, they have the skill set to really take care of the patients and get them better. And at the end of the day is one really just trying to reduce complications, especially post surgically.
2: There's something called caregiver burnout as well. You know, when when you're too close to the person and you're fully involved in providing care on a daily basis. These are patients who are chronic care patients who need help on a daily basis and you're so involved in the care for that loved one that you don't remember you gotta take care of yourself. Mm. They get into this zone where they're so focused on the other person where they forget themselves and they get to a point where their loved one, they don't love anymore because they're so burnt out, tired by giving everything that they have to that person that there's nothing else left and there's no gas in the tank.
1: It becomes more of a a task or a job for that person how do you treat cancer on oncology patients that's that an area that you guys are treating right now with home health care
2: the way we work with cancer oncology patients is is a little different from our traditional ortho knee hip replacement type of patient obviously because of just where they are in the in their stage of life and a lot of them actually go into hospice so we don't really add any value but then there are a lot of patients who we get who are more in the early to mid stages and they need some help with just strengthening that that type of service but it's not it's not very intense because they're already going through radiation and other stuff so we can't be as much in there as we would be in a elective procedure coming back home rehab type of thing and those patients then eventually, depends on how they do from the recovery standpoint, either transition into hospice once they've re- achieved a certain level of strength and we discharge them from services. We, we do oncology, it's not a very, very big practice just because of the kind of patients and their needs.
1: Yeah, and that just came to mind because I know there are patients that, not necessarily just patients, but their loved ones may not know how to provide that care because that's news nobody really wants to hear. It can be overwhelming. It can be shocking at times and you want to make sure that you're being able to provide for your loved one in the event that they get that um, unfortunate news. And I can see definitely seeing home health care, you know, being utilized at least once or twice a week to help manage, to help cope and avoid any kind of caretaker.
0: Keith is probably going to be old enough in a few years where he can't take care of himself. So So can I? I can still knock (laughs) him out. though? I can still knock him out. I bring somebody (laughs) to take care of him, you know, to do his daily activities as far as showering. Yeah, well, we'll do, take care is of that care home health?
2: Keith, we'll take
1: care of Keith.
2: Yeah, I'm sure we can.
1: Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully not any soon. Not, but
0: how often does it happen where let's say you have someone that's coming in to take care of someone and then the family member intervenes and they feel like, you know, they could do a better job so we don't need your services anymore and then they come back. Is that is that pretty typical? That happens sometimes where if
2: a family member is feels like they can handle it and just like you said they may they may not be the best qualified or once they actually start doing it, they realize it's too much for me to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that does happen. I think it just depends on a fam- each person on how, how involved they want to be. You've had a lot of family members, even though they're fully competent and fully knowledgeable and can be easily trained, they just choose not to be involved. And that's just choice that they make. Like you said, they would rather have the professionals come in. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be involved in that at all. It's again a personal choice. Yeah. And of course we respect that.
1: that yeah. yeah. And I can definitely see, I think you mentioned earlier about the growth of home health care. Millennials don't want to work. They don't want to take care of the younger generation. So they're going to be like, well, hey, mom, dad, let me get somebody else for you. If it doesn't have an app, if it doesn't have something on their phone, they don't want to, you know, do anything.
0: You know, Keith, that's a sad... An ugly truth.
2: <laughs> it, it is. You're absolutely right. It is. It is a sad and ugly truth. And man, I, I, I don't know, 15 years from now, how it's going to look. You know, somebody told me 10 years ago, you're going to have robots come and take care of you. I was like, man, if that day ever happens, I think that's it. We're, we're done. We're, yeah. we're doomed. There's definitely going to be a need. I agree with that. I think also with this pandemic, I feel personally, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a paradigm shift in everything we do. I think there's going to be some minor changes. Obviously, there'll be opportunities that entrepreneurs will take advantage of and should take advantage of, and I'm sure some stuff that you're doing is probably going to get some more attention as well because now patients want to be involved more compared to what it was before where, like, oh, my doctor said this, so I'm just going to trust it blindly and f- follow it. But now they are being more involved. Like you said, they want to be on apps, so they want to see what's going on. They want to keep track of everything that's happening prior to during surgery and after surgery, because we want patient engagement, we don't want just go provide a service and you know be done with it and forget about it. We want patient engagement, so we know if we're doing a good job, the patient is getting the outcome they need, the doctor is getting the outcomes that they expect from a service like us, and somebody like you is also getting that response back to the doctor. Mm-hmm. As an ecosystem, I think it'll, it'll thrive. And again, like humans, we we're gonna adapt mm-hmm. uh, when things change. We adapt. I think
0: that's just human nature.
1: No, I definitely agree. What What would you say?
0: One of the most difficult things you, as a CEO, running this business, besides
1: the current pandemic, something yeah. different. Yeah, besides, uh, yeah,
0: COVID. Getting through gatekeepers, of course, right? <laughs> but what What would you say is is something that that you just realized that? Wow, I did not realize this yeah. kind of challenge would occur. We
2: are always up against is uh, regulatory issues. But this year has been particularly hard because we had some major changes go into effect in January. And then we had another change that happened in March. And then right after that, we got hit with the pandemic. So this year has been particularly hard. But that aside, I think I want to say regulatory issues is probably my number one Mm -hmm. challenge. And I think every provider, I wouldn't even say it's only me because it affects everybody. And then the second thing in our business, it's it's a people's business. So people and staffing is, is, is the hardest thing. We always run into that, is finding the right, the nurses who really are in the business of nursing because they want to be nursing, not just because they want to collect a paycheck. Therapists who want to do right by the patient and not just go show up, clock in, clock out and collect a paycheck. So we run into issues like that a lot. So I think those would be the top two, regulatory and staffing.
1: One of the things I've actually noticed that you do on LinkedIn is you recognize your nurses, you acknowledge them. And so I, I think those are the little things that really helps build good nurses, because you take care of your nurses, their nurses will take care of those patients. Let me give a shout out to Marcus right now also. So he does a good job. But but yeah, but I do recognize that you do that for your nurses. So
0: now Mufi actually gives awards. OK, something that I can put up in my on my fireplace or something like that he actually I, you give actual awards yeah we
2: so we started this I think last year I want to say we started doing actual its we started just recognizing them in a small way we started making it a big deal mm-hmm. and this is something I actually doubled down in Goldman okay I, I, we were doing that before but not at, to the extent of you know celebrate it mm-hmm. and I, I, I think that's really resonated with me and I think it's resonated with the staff as well. Because when you make it a big deal, everybody is aware of it. Mm-hmm. And I think they they feel appreciated. They they feel recognized. And we, we have several awards we do. We do a we do a employee of the quarter. We have a monthly five star performer award. And then recently we've started doing Above and Beyond as well. And we've got competitions going on as well. So everybody feels engaged. And and one of the things that this pandemic has fortunately got us a little bit disconnected. When we had our team meetings in the office, we used to have the staff come in, interact, build that camaraderie. Because again, these nurse therapists are out in the field on their own, beating this 100 degree weather and going from patient to patient. Sometimes patients treat them well, sometimes not. They're having, they can't get a hold of somebody. They, they're going through a lot and they're just operating in their own bubble. And that one time a month was that opportunity for us to, you know, bring everybody and eat, break bread together, interact, learn from each other, just have a little bit of a powwow. That's taken away. And I feel like that's something that we're missing. We do the Zoom call, of course, but, you know, it's not the same. After a point in time, you get Zoomed out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You
1: get Uh, zoomed uh, out. I like that.
0: (laughs) I just want to transition first. uh, You know, time being, we only got a few more minutes left, and I don't want to take too much of your time. So what about sports? What are your thoughts on the sports now? Have you been watching any basketball, baseball, football fan?
2: I have started getting a little bit into UFC, believe it or not. So I I know this time they had this whole thing that they did in Abu Dhabi with this year's event. So that kind of interested me a lot, and they did it successfully. Not a single person tested positive, and they they made – a bought a lot of money. They had all the
0: fights as scheduled. The NBA is following that model or supposed to follow that model. Yeah, I've been watching the NBA now and and it's good. I'm glad basketball is bad. Man, it's not the same. Like You can, you can really tell. Basketball is a mental game. You can tell that these players' heads are like elsewhere. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's due to the COVID. I'm not sure if it's even because the fans aren't there. Because I know when I'm busting KP's ass on the basketball court, I like people to see, notice, and acknowledge yeah, that. that. And... <laughs> <laughs> but that's what drives you right? As, as, as a competitor is when you get
2: that recognition, that adrenaline that, that should come out comes out because you, when you get recognized yes. and yeah. you don't have that all of a sudden. So, I mean, that plays a big factor in people's mind when they're supposed to give 100% on the court.
1: Then why are they playing? It's money.
2: When you're in that court and you have 15,000 people around you just yelling out your name or your teams uh, and, you know, it pumping you up. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's radio silent, yeah. and you're the only one that's screaming.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I walk by, you know, Mark's office, and I call him a punk ass, and then he works. You know, he works harder. You know, when I when I when I when I when I, when I say things like, "Yo, Mark, you're a punk ass. You're a bum," and then next he he results. Some players kind of thrive off of that. So, yeah.
2: So this is a
0: weird year, man. We got to. Go. I think everybody just wants 2021 right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and they want it. In hopes that it's not a continuation. continuation. Yeah. yeah. yeah who knows?
1: And and for me, I'm a big football guy. I'm not sure if football is going to be taking place or anything. And I'm kind of yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm kind of pissed because I won my fantasy football last year, uh-huh. and I want to repeat. I can't I can't do that this year.
0: Hey Mufi, I just want to thank you for coming on, and I really appreciate you giving your time to the Medvets and coming to share your story and let us know a little bit a lot of bit about home health. So thank you very much for that. If all of our listeners uh, listeners out there can um, reach you, what, what would be the best way for them to either follow along with Amcare or, like, you guys got social media. What's the best way for them to reach out to contact you or just follow along see what's going on in home health? Yeah, absolutely. We do Facebook, so it's
2: uh, facebook.com slash amcarepro. We are on LinkedIn. We uh, You can also reach us on our website. It's www.amcarepro.com. Our uh, phone number is 214 987 Two one zero zero. Then you can always send us an email at info at amcarepro Multiple ways. We are always happy to help. And thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for sharing uh, your uh, experience, experience and, and, uh, and uh, 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 you know bringing me in the loop here. So appreciate, appreciate that. that. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Man, so that was a really good podcast recording with Mufi. He really broke down a lot about um, home health and what it means to be that family member or caretaker in that position to care for another individual. We also learned a few interesting other things about my personal life, which thank you, KP, for sharing that. You know, I got
1: you. It was hilarious.
0: It really goes to show that family members, their intent is good to be there for you. Sometimes you need that healthcare professional by your side.
1: That's a good insight. I like that.
0: Another good topic was something that you brought up, KP, was about the millennials and how you see that transpiring into the future of them just passing the buck over to a home health agent to come take care of their loved ones, which I can see myself doing that to you in the future. So
1: Yeah, I think we talked about that in the podcast. You thought it was funny then. It's not funny now. So, but yeah.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing, man. I got you. I wouldn't do that to you. Trust me.
1: Nah, no worries. Uh, but again, you know, what we did highlight was just the benefits of home health care. And I think Mufi did a really good job. And just, you know, the uh, discussion was very insightful. Like I said, whether it was millennials, I'm going to need it in, in years to come. You know, who knows? But it's, it's all part of the uh, the care team. And that's one of the things we want to try to focus on, just the care team.
0: Absolutely. Just to close out, the last thing that Mufi said that really resonated with me was the uh, the caretaker burnout. Like you give so much just Giving and taking care of someone else that you kind of forget about taking care of yourself, and that's important. And in today's society, especially what we're all going through, you gotta uh, make sure you put yourself first, love yourself before you can also pass it on to others.
1: I agree with that one hundred percent.
0: To all the listeners, thanks for listening to the MedVets. Make sure you subscribe. Catch our next episode next Wednesday at one p.m. If you need a caregiver, you need a caretaker. Looking for some type of home health service? You guys check out AmCare Pro Home Health in the Dallas area. Yeah,
1: there you go. All right, thanks.